Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Today in Town Packers podcast. My name is Griffin. You can follow me on Instagram at AllDayPackers, and I'm joined by my very good friend, Braun, who you can follow on Instagram at Lambo.Leapers. And Braun, oh my goodness, the Packers have won a football game, finally! And for the first time since October 2nd, over a month, the Packers, they snapped their five-game losing streak, and they won a freaking football game at Lambeau Field over the Dallas Cowboys in overtime. Oh my god, this may be the best day of my entire life. Bron, how are you, buddy? I'm great, Griff, and you're right. It's probably not great how deeply the Packers affect our mood for each entire week after the games, but yeah, a lot of fun, a lot of excitement after that win. It was so much fun to watch. Overtime, Dallas Cowboys, Mike McCarthy, Aaron Rodgers, Christian Watson, So much chaos, so much fun, and to come out on the winning side of one of these crazy games feels really, really special, so I'm doing great. It was really a great football game. I think the Packers have been in a few really good football games, just from an NFL NFL fans perspective but this is the first one that we've come out on the winning side of in since in over a month and my goodness man it feels so good I you know I have a I have a French roommate he's an international student and he said earlier that it's it's crazy how my my mood is affected based on the Packers winning or losing and it's like the past five Sundays dude the past going back to going back to their last win every Sunday has just been the worst day of my entire week like whether it's sub conscious or consciously, I cannot stand watching this team lose. It really eats me alive, and I care way too much, and maybe it is a little sad how much I care, but when they, I knew that when they finally got back in the win column, when they finally got a victory, I thought it was going to be last week against Detroit, but I knew that once they did it, it was going to feel so good, and man... Uh, I haven't been this happy in a really long time, man. And the the way we want it to, overtime, walk-off field goal, Christian Watson, three touchdowns, the run game looks great, Aaron Rodgers looks spectacular, it's cold outside, Mike McCarthy's back in Green Bay. What a perfect game, dude. Packers-Cowboys, NFL on Fox, game of the week. What a game. This just felt like a game that we would win, Bron. We talked about this after the game. For both of us, it just coming into it, and this isn't even, this isn't even us being fans, I don't think, but for whatever reason, coming into this game, we both had the feeling of this being a game that the Packers would be able to win. This just felt like a game that the Packers were going to get back on track, play well. We knew Rodgers was going to play well. Why? Because he's wearing the turtleneck, obviously. Also, he's playing Mike McCarthy. He just, we, without a doubt, we knew that Aaron Rodgers was going to be on top of his game in this game. And he was. And everything started clicking. And it looked like the offense that we've been dreaming about since August, man. This is just... It was just a beautiful display of offensive football. And Rodgers was pinpoint accurate. The run game was dominant. Christian Watson, breakout game. Just a beautiful, beautiful football game, Bron. Yeah, and from an offensive standpoint, we came out playing well. And it's been like a lot of the past few weeks where it seems like we're moving the ball but just not finishing drives. And that's how we started the game. And the defense started strong as well. But I did mention to you pretty early, Griff, as soon as we start moving the ball on offense, the way that this team has been playing... It feels like that's when the defense would finally start to fold after some strong stops early on in that first quarter. But they were able to kind of keep it down. They ended up going up 14-7, to um, and things were looking good. Then you allow that big touchdown at half, and we're going into the half 14-14, and you feel worse. But at least we're coming out of the half with the ball starting the third quarter. So you felt better than you have in the past few games, and we were competing out there with one of the better football teams both on both sides of the ball, frankly. And so you felt good, especially with the way we got those turnovers in the first half. 
But then I felt really you know, good at halftime. At halftime, I felt like we were winning still, even though we just gave up that long touchdown drive. I still felt really, really good at halftime. So did I, Griffin. Even I'll tell you when we went down twenty-eight fourteen. Those that I was watching the game with, I said to them, I said, we're going to win this game. I just knew it. I don't know why, and I, you know, I just felt it. Now, but, at that I, point, I was not as confident as you may have been. I was pretty down on my team at that point. Down I felt points. good. I don't know why. I just it felt, felt like all too familiar for me, you know? It did feel familiar, but it was almost too familiar. But the way we'd been moving the ball and the way that we were able to throw it today, I just felt like Aaron could take care of business in some regards. So I just I felt really strongly that they were going to have an opportunity to come back. And then they kind of did it. To go get that touchdown after getting a stop, that was pretty important, obviously, to get to 28-21. Then you go get that other stop, and we go down the field, and Christian Watson, that touchdown, it's like, I mean, he had three of them, so I guess you don't even know which one I'm talking about there, but he he had that, that one on the fourth down was big, and it's just like, these are so massive. Like, these plays that we were making, it felt like, finally, there's somebody that we can go to that can get open. He just has to start catching the football a little more consistently. But because he had two drops in the first quarter that stalled some drives and things like that. But I remember the first time Aaron threw the ball after they ran the ball on that first drive a bunch. Aaron throws the ball, puts it right in his lap, and Christian drops it. And Rodgers kind of like shrugs at the sideline, like, what am I supposed to do? And it was good that they were able to go back to him and gave him that confidence. And he didn't come off the field. And it paid off that they continued to trust him and. He came out and finished the game, four catches, 107 yards, three touchdowns, and he was as big a reason as anybody as to why we won that football game. And he did a great backflip, too, to kind of cap it all off at the beginning there. The backflip was incredible, really. Both uh, both Matt LaFleur and Rodgers, they said that after those two drops, those two drops came on the opening drive because we ran the ball like five or six times in a row on our first offensive drive. And then uh, the first real pass of the game was to Watson over the middle, um, dropped. And then on third down, he dropped. Uh, looked like a it was a tough catch, but it was a back shoulder like comeback route that he couldn't hang on to. And both Rodgers and the floor said they said to him on the sideline that, "Look, buddy, we're gonna keep coming to you. We're gonna keep throwing to you. So don't get too down on yourself." And that the 58 yarder that he caught, the touchdown. That really, that really broke the game open for the Packers in a way. It was their first points of the game. It was their longest touchdown of the season. It was the first time in weeks that we've seen a play that made you think, wow, this we have something to work with on offense, something at all, you know. And that really, it had to have just been massive for Christian Watson's confidence. That must have been huge for him. Coming off of the season that he's had, and Braun, just to be clear here, it, you mentioned that someone was in your comment section saying that, uh, trying to, like, prove us wrong for something we said on last week's show. I just want to be clear here that any any kind of down talk that we've said about these rookie receivers, whether it be Dobbs or, or Watson or Torre, for that matter, you know, it's all in criticism, more so, of Brian Gutekunst for putting them in this situation at such a young age, you know? It's like, we, I we, I think we've both been very optimistic about both Dobbs and Watson, you especially for Watson. We have both believed in these guys to be able to actually put it together at some point in their careers, and we've just been critical of the front office's decision to have, have the Packers rely on those players so heavily in their rookie seasons. But anyways, it's week 10, and it looks like Watson finally, that 58-yarder, finally helped him put it all together, because from there on out, he had a couple more miscommunications 
miscommunications with Rodgers. He had the one go ball down the sidelines where he had no idea that Rodgers was throwing the ball to him because he really wasn't open for that matter. But Rodgers, it looked like a fantastic throw that if Watson had been aware of it, would have been a great catch and probably a touchdown. But uh, he kind of just stopped running. And then by the time he realized it was in the air, it was too late. And then he had another one in the fourth quarter, I believe, where Rodgers was trying to give him a back shoulder on a go ball. And uh, he just turned around too late, it looked like. But he did have the three touchdowns, which were all just massive, massive plays. And it's the, the Cowboys, they were giving us so much man coverage. And having a guy like Watson finally be able to put it together, because all these teams are giving us man coverage. They're going to continue to do that the rest of the season. Having a guy like Watson who has now put it together, that's huge for this offense, dude. It's massive. Yeah, Griffin. It's The good thing is, is he can go through those learning experiences through this win. He doesn't have to go through this after a loss and it's good that he got those kinks out now because that was really his first time being the focal point of an offense in the NFL which he was he was our pretty much our number one receiver in this game of course um, with the way that he was targeted and the plays that he made so uh, the fact that he made all those mistakes and we were able to come out with the win was pretty important and it was a lot of confidence building being done and I think that comes for both Aaron Rodgers in him and Christian Watson in himself. Uh, So I would say a big building block game moving forward, especially now that our season is still alive and we can sit here at four and six feeling like if we kind of take care of our own business, we have a chance to really get in the playoffs and, and do some damage. So you have to feel good about where we're at and having him now as the downfield option for Aaron Rodgers consistently getting open. We haven't had that all season. And now that he's shown he can do it and made plays doing it, a lot to be excited about and there's obviously a lot more to build on that we saw was left on the table out there and and that's what the coaches love to be able to correct all that and Christian's going to do that and Aaron's going to love that and hopefully they build on it for this coming Thursday because it's a quick turnaround and they're going to be given a lot of opportunities again because they're going to want us to run the football and we're going to have to throw it too so it's a lot going on but I'm excited about where we're going to be moving forward with Christian and Aaron that pairing one more thing about that connection did you notice that like when we've seen Rodgers throw deep to Romeo it just looks terrible it looks like either the worst pass you've ever seen or Romeo made a bad adjustment but that didn't really happen with Christian so that makes me think that those terrible deep balls that we've seen this season they have to definitely just be on a miscommunications between Rodgers and Romeo because like Rodgers was dropping some dimes today to Christian the 58 yarder Good God, man. Just a beautiful... We should get into how Rodgers played today because I both I think we're both in agreement on that. He probably played his best game of the season today. He was just... Oh my God, man. As soon as we see in warm-ups the turtleneck, we both know. You texted me. We're always... Every year, we're on turtleneck watch. When's the first week that Rodgers is breaking out the turtleneck? We, we always try to find, you know, like, how, how cold does it have to be for him to break it out? Uh, apparently, today it was cold enough, and as soon as we saw it, we knew. It just felt like one of those games, didn't it? Like, week 14, 2016 against Seattle, where we beat them, like, 38 to 18 or something like that. It felt like we 12 last year against the Rams just one of those games where it's on Fox it's at Lambeau Field it's 325 time slot it's it's dark outside by the second half it's cold outside Rodgers in the turtleneck it just felt like a game where Rodgers is going to be pinpoint accurate perfect and I can say with confidence I don't think he missed a single throw yeah Griff he was on another level and I feel like he's been building to that these past few weeks even in Detroit We saw some of the things that he was able to do outside the pocket. Today, he didn't even really get into that as much. Uh, A lot more on time. And also, he didn't throw the ball a ton, but when he did, it was precise. It was pinpoint. 
It was literally perfect. He was flawless today. And I feel like he's been building to that probably since Washington. And I think with these last few games, he's coming to this now. And and this is what we've been talking about. This is what he's been talking about, playing at that near-perfection level, as he put it so eloquently. I think that he's now there. And moving forward, if we want to win a lot of games, go on a run here per se, he's going to have to keep doing it. And I'm excited to say that he's begun that process, and it looked really, really sharp today. Um, a lot of exciting things to, to look forward to, like I just talked about with Christian and getting enough. Randall Cobb is coming back. I did speak to him a little bit, and he is coming back for Thursday night against uh, the Titans, which is going to be important because that's another Rodgers security blanket. So you look at the landscape of this receiving core, and you've got Tunyon, who's there as a safety blanket at tight end. Christian Watson just broke out. Randall Cobb coming back again, super reliable guy that Rodgers trusts. Torre can get open. We've seen that, and now we just need to make sure that he can keep making plays when he's called upon. And then, of course, Alan Lazard, who Rodgers definitely trusts, and he made that big play in overtime to put the Packers in field goal position. So you feel a lot better about that group than you did before Christian Watson kind of stepped onto the scene and made this impact. And that's good, because now maybe Rodgers feels a little bit more confident, and Randall Cobb being in there is so important, because the offense has really sputtered without him on the table, and now with him coming back into the fold, it's just going to make things a lot easier on Aaron, and it's going to give him somebody he can truly trust, and who's played really, really good football, gotten separation, and made a lot of big plays on third and fourth down for Green Bay that we haven't seen in these five games of losing that where we would struggle on third down and even in fourth down as well, just putrid numbers. So to get a guy like that back who's going to really solve some of those issues I think is going to be super important. And this is where we feel good on offense, and we'll get into the protection stuff as well, Griff, too, but everything came together today, and I think it's been building to this point. Now we kind of have to just find that momentum and consistency and keep it moving. Like I said, quick turnaround means the momentum's going to carry even more, and I'm excited about that too. It didn't even hit me until well after the game finished. I, I we we were on the phone already, about to record when it hit me that Randall Cobb is coming back next week. Like, oh my god, dude! Oh my god, the sky is the limit with this offense, man. It's so crazy. It looked like a different group out there, and I think the biggest difference is just Christian Watson being able to actually run routes, which is something we talked about in the first two months of the season. Bro wasn't running routes. He was the jet motion guy. He was playing the Tyler Irvin role. Like, we were not using him at all. It's weird that we we threw Romeo out there, no problem. But for whatever reason, they didn't they didn't trust Christian actually running routes. I don't know who the, who's that on, but it looks like he has worked out his kinks because he was making plays today that we haven't seen from him all season long. So him coming back into, uh, him, him turning into a reliable player for Aaron. Looks like Aaron likes throwing to him. Aaron likes him as a person and everything. And then Randall Cobb being there. All the guys that you mentioned, man, this can be, this can work. We can work with this, man. We can really work with this. And teams are going to keep giving us man coverage because on paper, we have no talent at the p- receiver position. And all season teams have been giving us man coverage. And we, from for the most part, we haven't been able to beat it. So the teams are going to keep giving us man coverage. But when you have Christian Watson, who now Rodgers is comfortable throwing to for whatever reason, whatever change is there. And then you have Randall Cobb as well, who's going to get open and Rodgers trusts. This can, we have, we have the foundations 
to be able to turn this season around, dude. Now, to dive into this game here, what a, just, seriously, just a crazy game, man. Like, the Cowboys, so it starts with the Cowboys going up 7-0 after a 17-play drive. Then the Packers, they go 14 unanswered points off of two Rudy Ford interceptions. Then the, the Cowboys go 21 unanswered, and then the Packers close it out with 17 unanswered points, three of those coming in overtime to win the game. Just so much drama. I'm sure Fox was really happy because this is, this is like the regular season version of the Super Bowl for Fox. Packers, Cowboys. There was, Braun, we always call each other during commercials. There was not one commercial in the first quarter. How weird was that? That was just bizarre. Like, we kept waiting for commercials so we could talk to each other on the phone, and it just never came until the end of the first quarter. I don't know what that was. I think they just wanted to keep their viewers locked in, I guess. But this is a huge game for Fox. I'm sure they're happy it was so dramatic. Of course it was. Packers-Cowboys. How could it not be dramatic? Only thing it was missing was Joe Buck. But just a crazy, crazy game course Rodgers came to play what do you think was Rodgers best throw of this game Ron man so many to choose from right uh the two that come to mind immediately are both the balls those deep go balls to Christian Watson on the right side of the end zone um I would say that first one obviously really good but even the one like we talked about that he kind of slowed down didn't see the ball coming his way we talked about that a little bit that ball was so unreal he cranked that ball like I, I really think that would have been up there if 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 he runs that route and completes the catch and everything that would have been ridiculous so I would go with those two off the top of my head if if Watson just would have kept running dude like he oh my god it almost hit the pylon like how did Rodgers put it there that throw I think may may have been his best of the day but I, I don't know if it, if it would have been caught because Watson, it wasn't even like Watson was screaming wide open. Like, he was pretty well covered on the play. But Rodgers, oh my god, are you kidding me right now? But for I think Rodgers' best throw of the entire night had to have been the second and 22 throw to Sammy Watkins, who, talk about not even open. Sammy Watkins is not, not half a yard of separation. He's literally blanketed. And Rodgers just... It hands it off to him. It was it was absurd, Bron. I texted you. I was like, I'm I'm gonna cry. Like I don't know what to do with myself right now. This throw is insane. How does he do it? How does he throw to these covered people? It just makes no sense how he does it. And Sammy finally is on the same page with Aaron. You know what? No like miscommunications. Well, obviously you had the the Watson stuff, but no like wrong routes run today or anything that we've seen over these past six weeks. None of that. Very weird, right? It just looked like an efficient offense that we're used to seeing in Green Bay. Very weird how that works. Maybe it has to do with them playing like on their own schedule, you know? But I don't know, because they were down 7 nothing. They were down 14 in the second half. I don't know, man. Maybe it just clicked. Maybe everything just clicked. We've been waiting for it to click, and maybe it all just clicked today. Because it looked like a different team out there. I remember when that second and 22 came, and I'm thinking, man... They're behind the sticks here. It's going to be tough. Like, it's another drive where, like, when they get behind the sticks and they're going to have to punt it, then Rodgers just, like you said, hands that ball off to Sammy Watkins 23 yards down the field. And I'm thinking that is the kind of thing we haven't really seen. Like, when they get behind the sticks like that or when the penalties bring them back, that's what it was. It was a holding penalty, brought it back, second and 22, whatever. And I'm thinking, man, they are in trouble again because this is the kind of stuff we've seen during these five games that's kept Green Bay from winning games. And Rodgers just overcame that. Like, it's just, and that was when I was like, wow, this could be the game because they were just doing things that they hadn't been doing over the course of this losing streak and things were just coming together in the best way. And we saw that. That's it, everything materialized. And I had said to myself, I, I really thought that they had a real shot to win this thing when that throw was made. 
But regardless, I just felt so confident in Aaron during this game and the uh, the ability for the offense to move the ball well enough to keep pace, play in unison with the defense and the way that they were playing largely throughout the game, doing well enough to get some of those stops and keep the offense with a chance to win this thing. And it, it ended up working out and super exciting to see that kind of play. And that was such a unbelievable throw griff yeah he was he was seriously just on another level and to some people i'm sure some people are gonna say that like oh he looked like the mvp again today but you know braun we have been saying even throughout this losing streak even last week against detroit where he throws three picks and has one of the worst statistical games of his career we we have been seeing he's still there you know like he's not physically gone he could just if these guys start getting open and things start clicking like things could turn around you know is he playing perfect no but you know we didn't we never lost hope we never thought that Rodgers was washed and I think today was a reminder for the crowd that uh, maybe did think so because those people do exist and if you think back to 2021 it really wasn't until week 11 that Rodgers really put himself in the MVP race. And then Brady kind of took himself out of it with that 9 nothing loss to New Orleans on Sunday night. But up until that point, Rodgers being an MVP was just like no one was even considering that. It's going to be different this year because there are a lot more quarterbacks who are playing really well. But uh, Rodgers, he can still turn this thing around and his stats at the end of the year are going to look a lot more like what we've seen from him in his career and if he starts playing like how he did today then uh, I think that's that is going to happen because today he looked like he looked like 2020 Aaron Rodgers it was crazy man just the offense looked like 2020 the play action there was our most play action drop backs in the game since 2020 and it was just so efficient and so beautiful I don't have the AP, the EPA numbers but I'm sure they were the best in a really long time that we've seen from this offense it looked like just the the efficient Matt LaFleur offense that we know and love and it, a lot of that came on the ground we ran the ball a lot today a bit of a i'm sure the the run the ball crowd that we always roast on i'm sure they're I'm sure they're taking a, their victory laps and uh, they're allowed to you know the run game it worked really well today it really did and the play action off of that was beautiful and rogers played uh i'd call it a perfect game so even on the scrambles and maneuvering the pocket like he looked like the pocket assassin that we know and love didn't he like, just, this is Aaron Rodgers in his element, just at his peak, man. Griff, he really did, and it certainly helped that the running game was pretty efficient for the most part, and I think that includes both backs. A.J. Dillon had a pretty strong game. He he averaged over five yards per carry, finished with 65 yards on the ground, and Aaron Jones had 138 yards and a touchdown, so he certainly did his part, and he got his mark left on the game, and that's what you want. When, we're, when the Packers are going to win at this point, uh, it, it's going to have to include Aaron Jones leaving a strong mark on any game, and it seems like he's going to be able to do that moving forward if we can continue to pair that run with the strong play action, and that's how we're going to win on offense. We, we're kind of getting back to our roots here a little bit, which is exciting, obviously, with the downfield passing game becoming a little more available with the emergence of Christian Watson, but, but obviously that running game, starting with Aaron Jones, has to be a prerequisite of that, and it was today, and, and that's why we're going to say moving forward, we can win football games against anybody. We just beat one of the best teams in the NFC, one of the best teams in the NFL, again, on both sides of the ball. They've got a lot of star power on offense, and they've got even more star power and, and poise on defense. So that is a strong group, well-coached, obviously, with Mike McCarthy, who we'll probably get into a little bit more. But And Dan Quinn is the defensive coordinator there. They've got a ton of guys that are jump-off-the-paper type players when you look at their roster and 
it's a great group. So we were able to overcome a lot. Micah Parsons, very talented player, neutralized in a lot of ways. The offensive line did really well in making holes in the running game. A.J. Dillon, was a, I, I would say for him it was a stronger game than I've seen recently um, because of what he was able to do a little bit after contact that we haven't seen as much this year as we have in years past. Um, so that was exciting, uh, very encouraging, and Aaron Jones was remarkable as always. I'd like to see them get a little bit more, especially with Aaron Jones, get him a little bit more involved in the passing game again. Um, but it was good to see him run the ball really well. And again, moving forward, this offense is going to be able to pretty much beat anybody they want if they play at the level that we saw today. So that's the most encouraging part of what we're doing. And it makes you feel good about their chances going up against anybody and, and putting a run together here moving forward. Oh, man. Oh, you got me smiling over here, man. Oh, Jesus. It, it's just this game just felt so special, man. It just felt special. It felt like the start of something that is going to change our season. And the run game, man, it was really, really effective. They averaged 5.3 yards per attempt at the end of the at the end of the day. 39 carries, 207 yards. 62% of their offensive plays were designed run plays. That's the most in any single game of Rodgers' career. Rodgers finished the game with only 20 passing attempts, which is crazy because he played so well, but only 20 attempts. I believe that is the fewest in a single game that he has started and finished in his entire career. So this was a very run-heavy heavy attack and there have been people who have been clamoring for that this season and you know what they're allowed to take their victory laps and it's something that we've mentioned a few times on this podcast Bron. you know the idea that the passing offense is just so terrible that becoming a 1980s style power running team it can't get any worse right and it, it helps that the the cowboys they're much better at defending the pass than they are defending the run but the game plan worked today because we were running the ball down their throat and we've also talked about the thing that does that does for your momentum as a football team when you're running it at such a high level. We talked a lot about that after the Week 2 game against Chicago where we ran it so well on Sunday night. You know, it, it does affect the defense's mentality when you're just getting pushed around in the trenches and these guys are getting four, five, six yards a pop and they're just getting the third down and then converting those third downs. Like, that does a lot for the mentality of the defense and it does a lot for the confidence of the offense as well. And I think we saw a lot of that today. Now, the key moving forward, Griff, for when defenses prepare to play us, especially we keep talking about this quick turnaround on Thursday night with Tennessee, how will they play us? How will these defenses play us now? Because we've just seen a glimpse of what this Packers offense has been for so many years, being able to throw the ball at a high level. Teams were playing us a lot of single high, daring us to throw it. We haven't been doing it, and that's on the blueprint for a lot of teams so far this season as how to beat the Green Bay Packers. But we just put together this game now that makes it seem like we can defy that if we continue to have that kind of success through the air. So will these teams now make that transition to playing us a little more too high and daring us to run the ball? Or will it continue to be this single high stuff that is going to, you know, they're going to ask us to try to throw it, which teams have been doing, even though it is Aaron Rodgers, right? But will they continue to give us that man coverage? Uh, Will we get more looks that we can feel like we can throw to? Um, And that's going to be the key moving forward, and hopefully in either scenario, whether we see more run opportunities with less loaded boxes or they're giving us those loaded boxes and and we have opportunities for Rodgers to kind of face the blitz and throw into some man coverage and things like that hopefully now we're in a spot where we feel like we can have success in either scenario. I feel like we can have success in either scenario because we finally showed for once that we can 
beat the defensive game plan of giving us loaded boxes and single high and man coverage because all season that's how teams have been playing us and we just have been terrible against those looks. We finally put it on tape that we are able to actually play offense at all against that look from the defense. So if teams are going to shift into playing us how Buffalo did, because remember, Buffalo was up 17 points for most of that game. So naturally, they were more concerned about stopping any kind of passing offense that could take place more so than stopping the run. So that's why we ran the ball so much in that game and also so effectively because they were playing so much too high safety looks. So if teams are going to start giving us those looks, then I have no doubt that we're going to be able to just commit to the run like we did in this game. And we weren't even getting those looks in this game and we were still committing to the run. So I think that that is going to be very successful for the Packers. And now if they can if they can just do it again, I, I'm not 100% confident in their ability to make teams pay for these man coverage looks. Not yet. They've done it once. I need to, I need to see them do it a second time before I'm really confident in it. But I'm, I'm certainly hopeful. You know, I am hopeful. I was just going to pose this question to you, Griff, about a lot of people probably listening to us right now get so excited about this offense. A lot of people are probably thinking, it's just one game, but it's just one game, right? And I get that idea and I get that mentality, but my my argument against that would be how different was this game from an offensive standpoint from our other losses? And to me, it's not that different. There's a couple things here and there that changed the game. There were still a lot of miscues we talked about with Christian Watson, just like every other of these five losses that we've had that where we felt like one little thing here and there, we could have been potentially blowing the game open at times or putting points on the board to where we felt like we could compete with some of these teams and win these games, right? And that was still the case today. What was different? Christian Watson and his ability to go downfield and make plays. But other than that, it's been a lot of the same stuff. And and to me, they've moved the ball at a high level in a lot of these games that they've lost. Uh, it just hasn't. They haven't been able to finish. Whether it was last week, they couldn't do anything when they got down by, near the goal line, and, and this time they didn't get in those situations. But it's it's a lot of just they've been moving the ball at a decent enough rate to score points, but inconvenient occurrences and things that have not gone their way have just been happening. But I've came out of every one of those losses that we had in that terrible, devastating losing streak of five games. I felt like we could have won all five of those games. And we win this game, right, overtime by three points. I don't know how different it really is to say, you know, is it just one game? Yes, it is only one win, but I think we can play like this moving forward and win because it, it really doesn't take much to move a game from a loss by double digits to a win. It's just such a, it's a couple bounces of the ball. It's one penalty called. It's one little play. It's one mistake. It's one misread route. If Sammy Watkins maybe makes the the right move on fourth down last week and catches the touchdown, we win. It's like these little things. You just, it's too much to even comprehend. But it is just one game. But in in reality, it's a summation of everything we've kind of been building towards, and we finally played the right way. And we the one thing we did differently was we overcame the adversity that we faced. Even though we've had a lot of things that are outside Aaron Rodgers' control and Matt LaFleur's control, one of those things being a costly turnover that certainly could have had us sitting at 3-7 and seven, that we'll get into momentarily. But we overcame the adversity, we had time left, and we overcame some of these things that we haven't been able to overcome that are outside of Aaron Rodgers' control, no matter how well or bad he plays, things that he can't control. Things like that that 
we were able to overcome against the Dallas Cowboys, and that's why we won. And those are the things moving forward why I think we can continue to win these games against these teams that are very good, like the Cowboys. Yeah, and this game, I mean, it really wasn't that different from our losses. I think we did play better. I think Rodgers played better than he has in any of the losses. I think, obviously, Christian Watson played better. I think the O-line played better. The run game looked a lot better. But we still had our signature shoot ourselves in the foot moments, you know. We, we still tried to beat ourselves, and we, if we run this game back 100 times, how many of them did we lose? So we probably lose a good chunk of them because one-score games, they're a, a little bit random. But it felt like we should have won this game by a couple scores, right? It felt like we should have won this game by even more. It didn't, it didn't need overtime. When you look at things like the, the Dallas touchdown before the, the end of the first half, like that's just like classic Packers defense right there, isn't it? Like, of course they're going to give that up. So many second and third and longs that they give up. The Cowboys, they're in a, a second and 21 after an intentional grounding at some point. And of course, you just know that they're going to pick up a first down after that. There's a third and nine that they pick up in crunch time late in the second half. Like some of these things are just classic classic Packers defense shooting themselves in the foot. I have to think that a lot of that falls on coaching probably. But uh then of oh, course Griff, there of... was one not to get totally into the defense grip, but there was one where they had they they chose to send a pressure, right? And it's third and whatever and they chose to send a pressure and you see all those guys on the line, but Jair is about 8 yards off and so is Rasul on the outside and all they do and it's not it's third and pretty much medium to short range and they're third and send six, a blitz. I know what you're talking about. It was third it and was six. Th- okay, it was third and six, exactly what I was talking about, that medium slash short. And they, so Jair's like eight yards off, way behind the first down marker. And they're going to send the blitz. But then that negates the whole point of the blitz when all Dak has to do is throw that quick ball and it's right into the hands and he just runs for the first down. I forget if it was CD or, or Gallup or somebody else, but uh, whoever caught the ball had no issues getting the first down because it was handed to them. Because there was nobody in the middle of the field, and it was basically one-on-one with a ton of cushion and just a blanket opportunity to go make a play and get the first down. So just silly stuff there from a coaching standpoint that it's pretty hard to forgive. And if the Packers season does go wrong, there's so many things you can point to that uh, give you plenty of ample reason to let Joe Barry find a new career (laughs) new career dude some of these coaches man some of these play callers it's like have they ever just played madden like they just need to sit down with their son or grandson and just play a game of madden like this stuff is how how were how is it this hard you know you're sending zero pressure meaning you're there's there's no hell it's one-on-one coverage against every single receiver and you're bringing a blitz and the, the point of that is to make the quarterback get the ball out quick. Well, you're giving him a wide-open nine-yard window to get the ball out quick. What are you doing? What are you doing that for? It's third and six. It's not like it's third and 21 or something, man. Like, you're just making it way too easy. Maybe if it's... Maybe if it's an inexperienced quarterback, like, but Dak Prescott, he's a veteran. Like, where do you think he's going to go with this football? I knew it right away when they lined up pre-snap. Dak knew it right away. Mike knew it right away. All 70,000 fans knew it right away. <laughs> it's just some of these things that Joe Barry does, man. It just continues to make you scratch your head. But we're going to get into the defense a little bit more later. Um, the, the thing you hinted at and I hinted at before you uh, interrupted me there was, uh, just kidding, bro, was uh, Amari Rogers, that fumble, man. That that fumble. So the Cowboys, they so we go, we punt with our first possession of the. This is all off the top of my head, but we punt with our first possession of the second half. Cowboys get the ball back deep in their own terrible territory, deep in their inside their own ten. They go three and out. They punt. 
we're like, yeah, we're going to get the ball about midfield, man. This is great. This is really, we're in a really good position here. And then what do you know? Good old Amari Rodgers, who is still, for whatever reason, returning punts at this stage of the season, at this stage of his career, he is still back there returning punts. And of course, he fumbles the rock. And uh, Dallas Cowboys, they recover it and uh, they go down to score a touchdown. So that was that felt like it, it lost us the game. To me, that felt like a dagger. That felt like the game ender right there. Yeah, no, that was uh, that was a lot of fun to watch, and you just get so excited <laughs> to see that. And I'm glad it took the uh, you know the fifth fumble of the year for them to finally say, okay, we'll put somebody else back there. But, I mean, are you kidding me? Why have they been so late to every personnel coaching decision that they've made this season, man? Every single decision they've been, like, three weeks too late on. Yeah, I mean, it's just one of those characteristics of the stubbornness of the head coaching and the, the coaching position in general. Um, That's but, on Basaccia, right? That's got to be on Basaccia. I mean, Griff, does Matt LaFleur not have the authority to go to Basaccia and say, all right, let's work somebody else here? Uh, I apparently, mean, yeah, he does. But maybe, you know what? We we pointed this he out the other day, Griff. Bisaccia. Right. He, well, What'd the problem say? is we were gonna discuss we discussed this a little bit last week, not on the podcast here, but Rich Bisaccia basically went out and made the acquisition of Jonathan Abram, the safety, who we didn't even get to discuss much yet. But that is a move that basically he's been with the Raiders, obviously, Bisaccia, Raiders interim head coach, played special teams, played safety there for a long time, first round pick. That's I mean, like, that's that's a Bisaccia move, right? But Matt LaFleur, it seems, has no... It seems like Rich Bisaccia has more of a say in personnel than Matt LaFleur has. Think about all the guys that they've brought in that are Rich Bisaccia favorites. Keyshawn Nixon. Rudy Ford is a guy that makes... it was All these special teams guys they've brought in just for Rich Bisaccia, and you know that Bisaccia was all over the Abram signing, right? And it's just like, what has Matt LaFleur ever, like... You, you ever point to a guy and, and just know that Matt LaFleur, for the offense, got a guy that he really wanted. Like, they just don't do it. But they've got all no, these that, guys that play special teams happened. or defense. It doesn't happen. So it, it, I But said there's always the examples There's always examples of guys who are available that everyone in the Packers media is like, oh, he has a history with LaFleur. But that, that never ends up meaning anything. No, and it's like I, I said to you the other day exactly this. Rich Bisaccia has more of a say in personnel than Matt LaFleur does, and he's the head coach. And it's It seems so, like it. It's such a bizarre thing about the disconnect between LaFleur and Gutekunst from a personnel standpoint. It is remarkable, really. And I don't... It's it's weird. Maybe Brian and, and Rich have a better relationship, or Rich is more interested in, in making those kind of come-to-the-table-with-a-demand type things about personnel, which maybe Matt doesn't feel strong enough about that. Like, I, we've talked about some of his leadership qualities or his authoritarian qualities, but um, I, that aren't there, maybe a lack thereof, we should say. But uh, that's one of the things that maybe if he were to go and do that about a certain receiver here and there, maybe those moves would be made. Maybe he feels like his voice isn't heard in that regard, though. Yeah, maybe. We, I mean, if you had to guess who is more willing to uh, throw their nuts on the table and demand for a player, Rich Bisaccia or Matt LaFleur? I'd probably go with Bisaccia, just by judging their personalities. Um, yeah, Amari Rogers, he's probably going to be off the punt team, but who knows? Maybe he won't be. You never know with this coaching staff. Uh, just to wrap up the offense here, Bron, I have to say, a few weeks ago, I said on this podcast that, you know, there's only there's a few avenues where the Packers can all of a sudden turn around and turn around the season and actually start scoring points and look like a productive offense. There's a few avenues. Either Rodgers turns into a superhuman, 
or Christian Watson becomes an offensive rookie of the year contender, or we become a run first team. And actually we're really good at that. Just all of a sudden we're really good at running the ball or the defense just starts forcing these crazy turnovers. Well, guess what? All those things happened today. Every single one of those things happened today. Where Colin was right. Oh, where <laughs> It was one of those games where we really started to put all those things together, except the special teams, that, that Amari Rogers fumble. I guess we can keep talking about it. Because, Griff, this, like I said, this was his fifth fumble of the year. And not to belabor this point, but they've continuously put him out there after each fumble. They've done it. And they've even replaced him at times, but then ended up putting him back in those spots. It's like... I don't know, is this finally the time where they're going to just completely remove him from punt returns and have him play offense? Because I think that's where he's best served. He hasn't made too many costly mistakes there, right? Like, he's played okay on offense. Yeah, but he's not even that good. No, he's not. For a third-round pick, you'd think he would be better, man. There's not much else we can do. I mean, are we going to put him on the street? I don't think so. So, basically, the only option is you let him rotate in at the back end of the offensive rotation in the wide receiver room. He's a backup emergency option, not the worst thing in the world when you're talking about kickoffs or punts. So you live with it. I mean, Kylan Hill, I think, is the move to probably long-term go with at either punt and or kick returner. Keyshawn Nixon, surprisingly, has like made some plays there, which is like, if he can do it, <laughs> if he can do it and Amari can't, it's pretty troubling. But Dude, uh, how hard is it to find a returner? I don't know. They, the Cowboys returner is unreal. He is so good, and he yeah, had those he was, two he's touch, the He had those two one hundred USFL MVP season. I mean, they they've got to yeah. find somebody with speed that can do it. But I mean, if they're gonna have What's to, what's Tyler Irvin up to? Right, but if they're if they're kind of stuck with the guys that they've got on the roster, uh, to me, Kylan Hill makes the most sense because he had a lot of success last year when he was healthy, and then he got that ACL injury. That, but he's back now, so I would say put him in, see what he can do. Probably a little more protective of the ball, and and it'd be a little bit fresh. Uh, because he hasn't had any opportunities this year to do anything other than one run last week. Uh, that was a pretty good run, five yards or something like that. Why don't we move on to the defense, Griff, because I'm excited to talk about this secondary and the way that they maneuvered things today. And let's start with it here. So obviously you've got Jair on the outside. The, the big change is that they've kind of got Rasul sticking to the outside where he just dominates. It's He's glue in that outside spot, absolute dominance. And we saw that today too. And then in the slot, they mixed it up a little bit with, like we said, Keyshawn has been starting there without uh, Eric Stokes in that corner room. Keyshawn started there, and they put Darnell there. They probably split with those two, right? Uh, but Darnell was moved around. I, like I would say piece. Darnell probably played more. Maybe more. We don't have more. the snap counts here, but I think right. Darnell probably played more in the slot. I think Darnell even started the game. I said Keyshawn did, but I think Darnell started the game in the slot. And I like that group because Darnell had a few really good moments covering guys close to the line of scrimmage. We always, we've been talking about that, Griff, on this show for two years now, talking about getting Darnell closer to the line of scrimmage, letting him do things in the running game, show his sideline to sideline speed closer to the ball. And he did that today to me. And considering it was his first game covering guys for a consistent amount of time and, and also mixing in with that safety role still, I thought he played pretty well. In fact, well enough to keep this thing going in the secondary as is. And another benefactor of that was Rudy Ford playing that safety spot and getting two interceptions using his instincts, making ridiculous plays for us, making tackles. He's a sure tackler, that special teams tackling ability. And Adrian Amos, he continues to kind of hold things down for us well enough to, to be confident in that. Now we have a secondary. I feel like it's 
the positioning, not that Eric Stokes getting hurt helps us because he's very, very good at cornerback, right? But I think guys are a little bit more in their natural spots now, and it's letting their talent show. The most important thing is, is utilizing the talent, not just having it. And we had the talent, but I don't think we were utilizing it well enough. With Rasul back on the outside, Jair kind of being able to stick exclusively to some of these guys, theoretically, right? Not as much today, but he can go in the slot. He can go on the outside still. We don't have to be pigeonholed by the fact that Stokes doesn't seem to be able to play inside. Now we've got the safeties feeling a little bit stronger and Darnell doing some things that make it less of a burden on the safety position with the way he was kind of playing at those, you know, he was playing poorly. We've said it. He did not play well enough. Now he's playing a little bit more slot corner and he looked better today. And maybe we're utilizing him better and that's going to make the whole secondary better, Griff. Yeah, the story of the season for the defense has been that the whole is not as good as the sum of its parts. Like this defense is it's too talented to be playing as poorly as they have at most most points of this season. And I think that does have to do with coaching. I think it has to do with the util- utilization of the personnel, the refusal to have Jair shadow guys for the majority of the beginning of the season. And I think that, you know, Stokes going down is obviously a bad thing and it makes our defense worse subjectively, but I think it does allow Joe Barry to put these guys maybe in, in spots where they are better because... Darnell, I mean, his he didn't play great. I don't think he's I just don't think he's going to be ever a really good player. But his worst plays today came when he was at his natural position, when he was at safety. Those were his worst plays today. Um and then you're putting you're also putting Rasul on the on the boundary, which is where we know that he's at his best. He's been the starting slot corner this season when the Packers go nickel, and that has been you know, he's noticeably worse than he was last season, where last season he was starting on the boundary every single game. And now he's back in that spot. And Jair, he's been following the number one, not every single snap like maybe we would want him to, but he has been doing it a lot more. And so now we got Rudy Ford starting at safety, which is someone that we have mentioned for the past like four weeks. Like maybe how how much worse can Rudy Ford be than Darnell Savage at safety? And guess what? He, he's probably better than Darnell is at safety. Better tackler, at least. So now I feel like we're at a point with the secondary where it's similar to last year where we kind of stumble into this this set of guys that actually work really well together. And I'm confident that they're going to be able to defend the pass as well as they have all season because they have defended the pass well for the most part this year. And I think that they're going to keep doing that. Griff, I remember I put together a, a sort of to-do list about things the Packers kind of needed to change moving forward. And they've done a lot of these things. We reconfigured the offensive line. And remember when Royce Newman was an issue and he was put on the bench, and we've kind of found that sweet spot of five guys that we feel like can play well together. We added veteran receiver talent. No, just kidding. Uh, but we, uh, we, <laughs> we had that there for a thought, maybe a possibility at the trade deadline, and it hasn't happened, but the emergence of Christian Watson has helped in that regard, so I would say that's a little bit more covered than we would have expected at this point. And then Randall Cobb coming back is an influx of talent, I would say, as well, so could be a lot worse there. And we've given Aaron Jones more touches. That's another thing I put on the list. And he's now getting upwards of 15 carries, more touches, closer to 25 touches per game. The reconfiguring of the secondary has taken care of a lot of the things we talked about with Jair shadowing the best opposing receiver and Darnell at safety not being strong enough of a player to keep playing at that spot. We talk about the takeaways on defense needing to go up, and those have. We talked about uh, Rudy Ford and what he did this game and and that was a big big reason as to why we were able to win that game 
And the special teams disaster players are the one thing that I said we really needed to kind of focus on, and yet those still continue week after week, whether it's blocked punts, mixed extra points. We had missed kicks in this game. We had, obviously, the fumble with Amari, and so things just went out of control again. But we're getting closer and closer to kind of completing some of those things that we've been trying to get check off that list. And, and once those things are all kind of done, we will feel like, hopefully it's not too late by the time this happens, but we'll get to a point where you feel really strongly about the way that this team has come together and and hopefully we start playing complementary football like we did today and in all three phases feel strongly about the way things are headed. And that's the goal, obviously, to get into the playoffs. <laughs> I feel really strongly about where things are headed. I do, man. I really do. You know, the winds of winter, they're blowing. It's getting cold out here, man. Winter We've is played coming. so many road games. We've played so many road games up until this point. And that means that we have just a plethora of home games coming up here. Teams coming up to Green Bay in the cold, and Aaron Rodgers is going to be wearing that turtleneck a little bit more often. And this is the time of year, November, December, January, where Rodgers turns into really just like the just the winter warrior, like unstoppable. And that's what he's going to be, man. That's what he's going to be. I'm excited. I am excited, but I think that's going to do it for today's show. So thank you so much for listening here. Um, we will be back next week to discuss the, or I don't know when we're going to be back, but we will be back to discuss the Tennessee Titans. Make sure to rate us five stars on iTunes and Spotify. Actually, can you do that right now, if you don't mind, wherever you're listening on iTunes or Spotify or wherever, Google Podcasts, uh, just go and leave a review, rate us five stars, because that really means a lot. That helps spread the podcast out. It helps suggest it to new listeners who may have never heard of us before. So please do that. It means a ton. If you have any feedback for us, you can go ahead and DM us on Instagram at Today in Town. Uh, you can follow me on on Instagram at all day Packers. Braun is at Lambo.leapers. And yeah, that's about everything. So the Packers, they're finally back in the win column. My goodness, it feels so good. I knew it would feel good. It somehow feels even better than I could have even imagined. And the Packers are guess what, Braun? They're four and six. I remember a time where a certain underwhelming Packers team was four and six and people had lost faith in them. I remember a time and we still have that quarterback. Guess what? He's still here. So that's all I'm going to say on that front. Go Pack Go. Everybody go into work, go into school, talk to your mom, your dad, your friends. Don't be afraid to wear that G on your chest tomorrow. Get your Packers gear out of the closet, that dusty closet, because we haven't been able to open it up in about six weeks now. But get your favorite jersey, get your favorite Packers item of clothing and throw that thing on and go outside and don't be afraid to get laughed at because we beat the Cowboys and it's a lot of fun to be able to say that that was done and we just and and that's a team you love beating and we continue to do it year after year so a lot of fun celebrate this one we got a quick turnaround on Thursday and we'll be back hopefully after another win but enjoy this one because it's been a while there've been few and far between this season so enjoy this win and celebrate it accordingly thanks for listening everybody as always go pack go oh.